The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe and Chewy. Yelling to me is always about like dressing someone down because I'm angry or I'm frustrated or like that's the way I look at yelling. Are you mad at me? No, uh, I love a good Chinese, Spanish, whatever it is. You know, I've never seen you mad. I get peeved. Mad? Mad. Didn't think that coach was yelling. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm having a total disconnect here. thousand percent yelling. I don't think I've ever heard anyone yell more. (laughs) But I get upset. I've yelled. You've heard me yell. Not really. Your voice kind of raises to this comedic pitch. Mike wing and saying, I'm with Jen. That was not yelling. This is inspirational shouting. Yelling is always negative. Inspirational shouting? (laughs) You're just inventing terms. I am so sick of you coming in here and eating all my food. Now shut that door and get the hell out of here. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. I think Therefore you are I think I need to be clear On the rules of our arrangement Yesterday you guys gave me props For going five weeks No incidences mm-hmm. Incidences? Incidents Incident I? Incident D <laughs> um, Incidents While driving And I appreciate you guys Giving me my flowers But what if someone hits me? Does that count as an incident? Am I responsible? Does my streak, because I'm on a streak, I'm a bit of a heat check right now. <laughs> please, please don't start heat checking your driving. <laughs> a bit of a heat check. Uh, I'm a heat check right now. Um, would, if someone hit me, would that be considered an incident? No, not if you're if you're not at fault. Now, if you played some sort of role in the incident... Then yes, but I mean, I would say typically probably not if somebody hit you. It's a sliding scale yeah. because you need to be defensive driver a lot of times. Uh-huh. So if you were in a situation where you made yourself hittable, hittable, I would say that's possible. But in most situations, no, I wouldn't think you're at blame for that. Because no. Chu, last night. <laughs> hey, look who's here. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Did not join our production call this morning, but... You Great feeling to all see right? on the stream? Hung? Don't grind my balls. I have a wife to do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that story. You know? uh, okay. Well, I your want wife to hear grinding that your balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every day. Oh, you uh, Jen, the real question is: the real question is, does anyone believe that you aren't at fault? <laughs> That's the real question. <laughs> I'm up a good point. Offended. <laughs> well, why? <laughs> How? Okay, explain. Yeah, I thought about it. Now I'm not offended anymore. <laughs> you guys are totally in the right. So last night, I'm driving Chase home from baseball practice. Chase is my 15-year-old son. He's got baseball practice that goes till 8 p.m. We want to swing through the Chipotle, grab some, you know, some snacks. 
So we are headed south on 94. And it is slick out, man. You guys know it was storming like a mother last night, right? Rain's coming down like crazy. The sky is lighting up like a, like a, like a strobe light. And this car flies by us in the right lane, moves into the left lane, and continues on. So, look, we're going about, I don't know, 70 on the highway. So this guy's going way faster than that. And about a quarter of a mile in front of us, he starts to pinball. He slides, right? He hydroplanes. And he starts to pinball his way between the concrete pylons or guardrails, whatever you want to call them, on either side. Now, you guys have driven on 94 South. It's tight right now. There's construction that's running, it seems, all the way up to Green Bay. And it's like, ping, 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 (laughs) spinning around. I got headlights staring me in the face. Uh, It was very Tommy Boy with the (laughs) deer-esque. I got Chase in the passenger seat. I'm going, Chase, 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 Chase. He's staring at his TikTok, has no, not a care in the world, has no idea what's going on. And barrels are going everywhere. They're flying around like bowling pins. We had to dodge a couple of barrels that had, you know, he had hit that had slid into the lane of traffic. And then sure enough, boom, into the guardrail. Airbags go off. All that, that puff of smoke that you see sometimes when an airbag goes off coming out of every crease of this sedan. And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm trying to avoid this guy who is careening down the highway. And what about the people behind me? That was my thought. Because I can avoid the barrels and the car, you know. But I can't control what the people behind me do if they're not paying attention to my brake lights as I'm trying to navigate the chaos in front of me. And so my question to you, Chu, is if I had gotten hit from behind with that all happening in front of me, would y'all have considered it a end to my streak of incidentless driving? No, it's always the person from behind's fault, I believe. Right? Um. Yes, it always is. I don't know if that's... I don't know if always. I don't, yeah, all, I'm, I'm getting hung up on the absolute of always. Because what if you break check someone? Still their fault. Yeah, Still I mean, there close. there that's is a law... why you break check, isn't it? <laughs> there, well, no, so somebody got... It happened, it, it happened a couple of years ago where I think it was on 94 as well. Somebody break checked him because they thought they were following too close. The person behind swerved, got in an accident. The person who did the break checking got in trouble. They're the person who got the ticket. I do know there, and I don't know if they're laws, but you're taught in driving school to follow at safe distances in case things go wrong. But I think probably in interchanges or tight roads like you're talking about, there are absolute limitations to that because you're not going to follow the person in front of you in traffic 90 feet behind them because that's just not realistic. Well, and a lot of times the shoulder is your sal- right. salvages yeah. you. What am I trying to say? Is your savior because yeah. if there's an accident happening in front of you, you can pull off onto the shoulder, but there is no shoulder because obviously 94 has been under construction for about a decade now. And therefore, you had no, I had no recourse, right? So my only recourse was to avoid the barrels as they're flying down the road and rolling down the road. And also the car that was spinning and careening off of the, uh, I have no idea. When we came back, I have no idea how serious it was, but when we came back, there was a fire truck, there was an ambulance, and there were three squad cars there. And, of course, a long line of traffic going the other way, now patiently waiting because it was down to one lane with all of the emergency vehicles and the and the car. But I, I appreciate that you guys would give me the benefit of the doubt on that because there was a thought that maybe you would not. 
you'd be like, ah, you were involved. It counts zero days since your yeah. last I'm, incident. I mean, I mean I, there's there's a possibility it'd be like a half a sack situation. You know, you didn't give up yeah. a full sack, but yeah. it's like a half a sack. Yeah. Uh, Jen, you seem to be in these situations more than the rest of us. Yeah, it's kind of like a reflex. <laughs> yeah. So you know I mean? <laughs> are you saying I'm basically just jerking the wheel? Into no, the it's like, like, oh, Jen got in an accident. Her fault. <laughs> uh, and I think that's fair. Cars? It's I'm the doctor checking cars? the knee with the rubber hammer. <laughs> it's just the yep, her fault. <laughs> All right, so how much damage? Uh car was totaled. Your car? car? Oh, my car. No. no, no. I didn't get I didn't get hit. Thank God. Oh, we, okay. we escaped without any any uh without damage. Yeah. I mean, I was freaked out, definitely peed a little bit, so maybe you could consider that an incident. Wow. And the other side of it, guys, is that Chase, meanwhile, is sitting there in the passenger seat, and he's so absorbed in his social media that he has no idea this happened. Just completely oblivious. My my voice is raising octave by octave. I am up there in the high chase. And he's like, what? Did, did you give him the stop short? No, I didn't give him the stop short. I had my hands so death gripped on that steering wheel. Sorry, bud. Couldn't, couldn't reach across and take care of you. So, well, listen, I appreciate that, guys. Uh, big news yesterday as the trade deadline came and went, and we were watching with Baited breath as to what the Bucks would do. Got to say, this felt like a win-win situation because the Bucks did add to their uh, depth defensively with Patrick Beverly, but also didn't get rid of some of those guys that we had talked about yesterday that we really like, who have been uh, mainstays on this squad, who were part of the championship run. And Patrick Beverly, guys, got a little bit of a little bit of a background, huh? Got a little bit of a story coming along with him to Milwaukee. He's uh. He's, he's he's got a little bit of a history with Dame. A but little. They've, they've gone back and forth, going back to the bubble. Should we take a listen to Pat Beverly? First of all, kudos to Pat Beverly, who announced the trade before Woj, before Shams, on his own Twitter, I think it's his podcast. But his podcast, yes. Not his own mm-hmm. Twitter account. His podcast announced that he was getting traded. His podcast Twitter account yes. announced that he was getting breaking news, Pat Bev, to the Bucks. And then it did seem like he was doing an instant reaction. It's like he hopped on to do instant reaction to his own trade to the Bucks. Here's what he had to say yesterday on his podcast, I believe. Right, Joshy? Correct, the Pat Bev pod. He just, he just hopped on and started going live with no co-host. Just, yeah. hey, huh. here's what I'm doing in my living room moments after getting traded. Hey, Doggo, let me do my thing over there. I know. Hey, so who else on the team? Uh, that you with? No, 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 no. It's Dame, Giannis, KB, Brooke Lopez, Bobby, you, Jay Crowder. Yeah. Okay, nah, nah, that's my man. Remember New Year's? What was New Year's? Remember when we uh we saw Dame? Oh yeah, I pressed Dame. Yeah. <laughs> no, I gotta get my relationship right with Dame. <laughs> Yeah, I get my relationship right with Dave, man. It's time with a championship, man. Uh, he's talking to uh, Michael Beasley, by the way. That's who he was on the phone with. Malik Beasley? Oh, Malik Beasley, yes. 
Different, different Beasley. Different Beasley. I mean, uh, Buck's legend, Michael Beasley. Yes. First thing I noticed, aside from the him recognizing the feud and that he's created, the conflict he has with Dame Lillard is Chris Middleton. Man, no respect. Yeah, I know. Dude, no, I was thinking off, the same thing. You're rattling off members of the Milwaukee Bucks. How deep down the list do you have to get <laughs> before Homie realizes Chris Middleton is also on the team? Right. That was my first reaction when I heard that sound, Gabe. But what was your reaction? And explain a little bit of the background here of the Dame and Pat Bev background. So um, I think um, World, Worldwide Wob uh, on Twitter yesterday was the one who had kind of put out a lot of the different clips. Uh, started in the bubble when uh, Pat Bev was playing for, I can't remember who he was playing for at that point because Bev's been everywhere. But Dame missed a couple of late three free throws when he was playing for the Blazers, ended up costing the game. He's sitting there laughing on, um, laughing on, you know, on the sideline. He was like on the... Uh, the, the stationary bike, all that sort of thing. So then it, you know, later bleeds over when he's with the Clippers. The Clippers are playing, um, you know, Portland. They're starting to, you know, chirp back and forth then. It just kind of continued to steamroll. Like every time that they came together, it seemed like there was never any physical altercation, but certainly talk of, you know, Pat Bev um, kind of thinking he's not getting the respect that he deserved for shutting down uh, Damian Lillard if they went head to head. So those two have always kind of clashed whenever they've gone, you know, head-to-head. Wherever Beverly's been, anytime he faces up against Dame, it was kind of must-see TV. So now it's something where they've got to get their right. And look, Chris Haynes tweeted out yesterday as well that, you know, Chris Haynes, kind of a, a Damian Lillard guy, tweeted out, hey, Dame is saying that, hey, we're, we're going for a championship. I don't care what happened in the past. Like, we're all now on the same team. Whatever feud we had is not as important as chasing a Is that realistic, too, as the guy who's been in the locker room? Is it realistic when guys have a beef history that all of a sudden you just walk through the door? You cross the threshold and all of a sudden, poof, gone. Yeah, it, it is. You can, you can get over that stuff. I mean, I've been on fights on the football field, and, and, and eventually you have to go back to the locker room and kiss and make up because the old adage is you leave that stuff on the field or a court or whatever. So they can repair it. I was just surprised. He's kind of he's kind of fallen off the map when it comes to his play. He's not the player he once was or even close, right? Um, I mean, I think he's relatively close. I mean, he's still getting minutes for the Sixers and No, I mean points-wise. Wasn't he a stud in uh No. I mean, he's always kind of uh, LA. He's always been kind of more of a de- defense first guy. Okay. Like I'm not I'm not expecting him to come in and score double digit points. He's the backup point guard. Like he and he could get more minutes than a typical backup point guard because he's a little bit bigger and I think you can use him in a bunch of different lineups and his defense is desperately needed for Doc. Yeah. But I, I think that yeah, you're you're not expecting him. I mean, he's going to be better than PJ Tucker was, Chew, but yeah. it's almost that PJ Tucker role like, hey, play defense uh, uh, and whatever right. you give us offensively, we'll be cool with. Let me ask you this, Gabe. What is 35 years old in basketball equated to football? Gee. 35's up there. Is uh, that like 35 in football? No, Comparable? because like 35 in football, maybe a 35 year old quarterback in football, where it's kind okay. of getting up there and you're kind of paying attention, but like. 35 in any other position is football. Like, your body's just beat to... So, 31? Yeah, maybe. It's like He's a 30. Preston Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I like that comparison. Right. Okay. Um, this is not just one incident, as Gabe detailed. I mean, the, <laughs> li- the list is long. You go in there, are a bunch of... Uh, e- um, 
There are a bunch of websites that have aggregated the relationship. I think it goes back to 2013, 2014. So, guys, we're talking about like a decade of chirping, a decade of going back and forth, a decade of them harassing each other in games, a decade of them trolling each other. Now, Pat Bev has often been the instigator of the trolling, even as recent as I know. Can you believe Uh, it? Even as recent as this year, kind of doing (laughs) the old tapping on the wrist, you know, mocking the old Dame Time thing. Um, But I am fascinated. Fascinated by, we have talked so much about the Bucks and their chemistry and how that's a big reason why the team has had success. Not this latest stretch, obviously, but I am interested to see how he folds into the mix, how he mixes with those other ingredients, and if he was really the missing piece to them being a championship team. We're going to talk to Jason Wildey this morning. We're going to talk to Craig Carmazan. You can guarantee we will continue the Pat Beverly conversation with Craig Carmazan. We've also got Superb Owl Squares this morning. Final contestants for our Superb Owl Squares board for the Big game on Sunday, and we've got Reach You. What a day! Hang around with us on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Ready, down, put, 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 put. All Packers, all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically, or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wildey on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Always great to check in with our friend and teammate, Jason Wildey. Jason, how's your day going? Hasn't really gotten started yet. Yeah? How did, how did ye- about, how about uh, yesterday? How did yesterday go for you? <laughs> uh, not as well as yours went, it sounds like. Uh, well, I avoided an accident. Did you hear that? Scary. Yeah, that's a win for you, scary. right? It's a huge win. Also, because I got I these jabokes. I believe the jabokes. first one. <laughs> <laughs> what, the first win she's, ever? She's, uh, no, she's no longer the Detroit Lions. Yeah. <laughs> she's won a game. Wow. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, Jason, it feels like it's a bit of a slow time in the Green Bay Packers space. Is that fair to say, or are we still riding the old Packers put out a uh, put out their CEO situation, looking for a new CEO? What's the what's the thing that we need to know about with the Green Bay Packers right now? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's slow necessarily, but obviously, you know, Super Bowl week generally is intended to focus on. The big game, as uh, as Tausch likes to call it, because he's always worried we're going to violate the rules about attaching the Super Bowl to a partner that's not paying the NFL same. to have Super Bowl in their commercials. I'd rather play it safe. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, I, I... Hold on. I'm sorry, Jason. That now you have to hear this. So where's the line that you decide you need to play it safe? So I told you, New Year, New Me. Yeah, nobody believes that. Well, but maybe you should start. I don't. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> well, I'm just going to have to stack more successes till you guys get on board. That's all there is to that. So you're not calling it the Super Bowl under any circumstances? I've been just calling be it safe. the big game. <laughs> it just feels so safer. It, again, it's more of those like, I don't know when we're going to... Uh, work a sponsor in and if they're not a sponsor of the big game there's all that like weird red tape and so I just would rather not so all week long I just say the big game so you're treating it as as you treat 
uh, Michael Buffer and his signature phrase. Yes, exactly, which you're not going to get me to say because, thank you, new year, new me. But but along those lines, Jason, I don't know if it was a player or a fan that said, why don't they have the Lambo Leap in Madden? And I didn't know if you know this, Jason, but they can't. Robert Brooks owns the rights to Lambo Leap. And that was Jaden Reed who asked that, I believe, on social yeah. media. Did you know that, Jason? I did not know that. Um, so what? So now my question becomes: How is Robert Brooks monetizing that? Because well, I play Lambo Leap all the time, and I have not gotten a bill from him. No, I know, but I know that Leroy was using it in some instances, and I I think the story goes they were on that tour. That's going on now. I don't know what they call yeah, it. Yeah, the, the bus tour. Yeah, the and and Robert tour. said, "Hey, Leroy, you can't be using that. I own the rights to that." I mean, how smart was Robert Brooks? Um, again, only uh, only he's only as smart as however much money he's making off of it. Like, I don't see many Lambo Leap T-shirts, right? No. Uh, no. They uh, and you know Leroy. First of all, kudos to Leroy because, I mean, I've never heard a Pro Football Hall of Fame speech in which he managed to get more of his partners in than anyone ever. Um, At the same time, I just don't – I'm not sure if uh, Robert, other than creating hard feelings with the guy who actually invented it, right? Because there was a time where, um, you know, there were people that would – I remember this early in my career covering the team. You know, they would – they would misidentify Robert Brooks as the inventor of the Lambo yeah. Leap. Um, and he perfected it. He did not invent it. Uh, he did that terrible song, too, like, uh, whoa, Jump whoa, in the Sand. Whoa, whoa, like whoa. Let's, that. no, that is a classic, heartwarming song for every Packer fan. Let's not take out Jump in the Stands. He's got that old lady, like, in the back seat, too, like, who is, like, a super <laughs> popular Packer fan. Yo, know, it's a tremendous music video, too. Well, too. Gabe has seen it enough for all of us, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want 10 of my views, like 12 I will give, yes, out, yeah. oh, 100%. Like, any Packers song that came out in the 90s, I was all over. No, uh, Were there other Packers songs? Oh, of course there were. You don't remember the, the uh, Packers polka song? Wow. The Packerena? Wasn't was that Jeff Bach in that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can't. All right, Josh. The rest of the show now. Your bump music will be yeah. all these Packers. Oh, I'll, don't worry. I'll find them for you, Joshy. It'll be Jason, my pleasure. Jason, what are the some of the big dates coming up after the Super Bowl? Because I saw like Preston Smith is uh, has a five point four million dollar roster bonus. When do they have to make a decision on that? What are what are some of the big dates coming off after the big game? Yeah, thanks for reading my story today. I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, uh, both he and Devontae Campbell have March 15th uh, roster bonuses. So those are kind of the uh, you-know-what-or-get-off-the-pot dates for those two guys, and we should have some clarity on what the Packers' plan is with each of them. Because, you know, look, I think I think Matt LaFleur, at least, who is not in charge of personnel, um, is anticipating Preston Smith to be back. I don't know if anyone is anticipating that with Devondre Campbell. I mean, look, he he had a first-team All-Pro season in 2021. 
the last two years. He has not been an impactful player. He's dealt with injuries, which uh, it's my understanding uh, that he's not going to play through those anymore. So that's good to know. But I, I don't, I don't, I will be surprised if he is back. Preston Smith, I wouldn't be, but they are going to have to rework some stuff with him because he's got a pretty high cap number. So that's the key date there. The the combine is in a couple of weeks. Uh, Goody is going to talk there. I, from what I understand, the coaches aren't going again, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Like that used to be like the kickoff for the next season, right? And everybody and their brother was there in Indianapolis. And it was like it was like NFL Palooza. And now more and more coaches, because Lafleur is not the only one, um, don't even bother to go. And quite frankly, it's kind of why I'm not going to bother to go just to talk to Goody on a Tuesday. Um, I just, it's really interesting to me that this, that event has evolved the way it has, because I always thought there was real value in that for everyone involved, including, you know, you make connections as coaches. And as we saw this season or this off season, you know, there's been a lot of changeover on the Packers staff, at least defensively. And the addition of Sean Mannion, I'm a little surprised that more and more coaches and it's these, it's these Shanahan McVay guys. McVay doesn't go. Shanahan doesn't go. Lafleur doesn't go. I'm really intrigued by why that's happened. And the next time I talk to, to Matt, I really would like to get a better understanding of why that's no longer valuable to them. So, is it because you think that they can just do a lot of these things digitally now? Like, there's so many, there's so much information about every draft prospect, and everything just gets you know thrown into a video clip. It just seems like scouting. You don't necessarily even have to go to a lot of these different things. So, if they're not, if their input isn't going to be that valuable on that day, they don't need to go. Yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, I don't know if we're cutting financial corners and we don't want to spend on the airfare or uh, these guys want to be able to, and this I would obviously 100% support, they just want to be able to stay home and go to their kids' you know, basketball games and stuff. Hey, I got no problem with that at all, obviously. But I, I, you know, I, I, one of the stories that I always love to tell is when Dan Morgan, who is now the Carolina Panthers general manager was coming out in the draft. It was the 2001 draft and all of Ron Wolf's personnel lieutenants uh, and, um, and a bunch of coaches were in the Packers kind of suite where they do these interviews. Ron Wolf walked in, Dan Morgan was sitting there, said, Dan Morgan, you're one hell of a football player. If you're there at number 10, you're a Green Bay Packer. And then he walked back out. That's the story. And then, obviously, Ron ceded the power to make those draft decisions to Sherman and the coaching staff because he was retiring, and they ended up with Jamal Reynolds. Mm. So, in retrospect, they probably should have listened to Ron at the time. But I, don't, I, I just believe that, that that interaction stuff and I know the Packers have a bunch of guys in for their top 30 visits, but those are a lot of times bottom-of-the-draft guys that they're basically recruiting to either be undrafted free agents or to get more information so they want to use their third-day picks on them. 
I just think being in the room and, and get, being around prospects and seeing how they answer, it's different than watching it on a Zoom call. So, again, they, they, they've decided it's not valuable. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's a, a less, maybe it's more of a, I don't want to say nefarious reason, but maybe it's because Goody and his staff don't really have much interest in what the coaches have to say about prospects anyway. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But there are definitely uh, a lot of teams that don't send their coaches anymore. We'll be keeping an eye on that as the uh, season continues to develop. No, you won't. No, for sure I will. Because I think it'll be interesting to see if they end up going or how much involvement they have in the team. No, I'm telling they... you they're not going. <laughs> Just yeah. across the board. <laughs> no one's going. <laughs> All right. Jason, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. He's Jason Wildy. Listen to him on Wildy and Tausch right after Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. We got to take a break. We got to get to Craig Carmazin. Want to continue talking about the Bucks? What's going on with them right now? How will the Patrick Beverly edition affect this squad? That's next. It's Friday, and that means it's time to check in with GKB President Craig Carmazin. I am so impressed with uh, with Jordan Love. You know, and I think like. Packers fans should feel so good about Jordan Love. Fridays with Mo. I think Rodgers never spoke out and was direct, and Giannis should be praised for being clear so that everyone knows, hey, Giannis told the organization what he wanted. Craig Karmas in on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody Gotta get right to Craig Karmas in and his thoughts on the Pat Beverly trade. But I'm told that he's missing in action. So Chewy doesn't show up for our production meeting this morning. Just blows that off. Now Craig is blowing off his appearance on the show. Gabe, I was trying to figure out during the break, what's the best movie comp to the Dame Lillard, Pat Beverly, you know, situation? I wouldn't say they're enemies, but they clearly don't like each other or haven't liked each other. There's been an agitation between the two of them. There's been a little mocking. There's been a little trolling. And now... They got to work together to try to get the deal done. Do the deed. Oh, that's a great question. Is, um, it, is it Toy Story? Probably, but I guess we don't know the ending, right? Like, we don't know if they're going to work it out. I mean, is there a movie out there where they have to work it out and then they end up not working it out? No, because nobody to makes each, movies. Nobody makes to each movies other's like that. Craig Carmazin is here now. Craig, what was your reaction to the Pat Beverly trade yesterday? Uh, ecstatic. I mean, this is... Oh, yeah, you sound I mean, like he it. Is, he is exactly what we need. Why do I not sound ecstatic? You're like ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in <laughs> Las Vegas. I mean, it's five in the morning. I'm waking up for you guys. You know, I, well, I don't get any love for that. It's you know, in just, the morning. I just but... get mocked. I'll say it. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thank you for your service, Appreciate I believe, it. is the line. <laughs> Craig, is Uncle Butch there? No, no, Uncle Butch. I mean, because I'm, I, I'm heading back today. I have no, uh, no game for me, so I was just here for some events and stuff. Cool so flex, but it's not a flex. I, I'm not at the Super Bowl. I got to come. We had a podcast. Well, I hold mean, on, hold on. Podcast, Let's, hold on. Flex. Let's just see. Joshy, are you in Vegas for any events? I'm right here. Milwaukee. Gabe, are you in Vegas for any events? No, but I'm also not the founder and CEO Chew, of a company. Chew, are you in Vegas for any events? Uh, I'm going Thursday. Yesterday was Thursday. <laughs> You're going next Thursday to Vegas? Yes. All right, we can talk about that at another time because that's going to be a whole other thing. No, Craig, you were ecstatic about it. Why? I mean, because this team needs a defensive identity and it needs defense at the point of attack specifically. And 
if you're going to have a player like Dame Lillard playing the amount of minutes he is, who's not known for his defense, having a defensive guard like Pat Beverly is just, it's just perfect. And Pat Beverly makes every team he's on better. And it's the kind of guy you want when you're really going all in for a championship, which is what this team seems to be willing to do every year. But my question would be, Craig, why did, why did it take so little to get him? Um, I mean, I think he's a guy who has been traded a number of times. He's a guy of a certain age. And he's a guy that you want when you're at that, you know, if you're going to use him in that way to win. I mean, I think the interesting thing is why would a rival trade him to the Bucks, uh, which I think is, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think there's always times where a guy is a fit for a team in a moment of time, which I, I think he is. Well, I'm, to answer that Chewy question, I think, I think maybe with the injury to Embiid, they're just looking to get whatever pieces they can. Because I think maybe the Sixers, maybe 2024 is not their year and they gear up for 2025. I think that's why. And he's an expiring contract, so he's easy to acquire. Um, But when it comes to, I mean, Bev can play a number of different positions, though, right? Like, I mean, I can see both him and Dame, even though Bev's going to be your backup point guard, on the floor at the same time. I just see his versatility Especially for somebody like Cameron Payne was nice, but he just it didn't seem like he was the right fit as the backup point guard. I mean, Cameron Payne is a I mean pretty elite offensive backup point guard um, in terms of his ability to score. But Patrick Beverly is a playmaker. Patrick Beverly is a great defensive player. Patrick Beverly, as he said, he can defend. You know, there's not a position on the court that he doesn't believe he can defend, and it has some of that. You know, he's he's a PJ Tucker type. Right, I mean, he's a. You mentioned agitator. Jen is one of those words, but he is a guy who's not going to back down from anyone. I always remember back during the pandemic, before even the bubble, when they had like the they had the 2K basketball where they'd actually have players playing video games on TV, and he even agitated when he was playing video games. Like it's just who he is, and he brings an edge to a team that I think this team is going to be so excited to have, and it's it's going to be a P.J. Tucker-esque impact that I think he can have. Yeah, we were talking earlier about how he's one of those guys that you hate when he's on the other team, but you love him when he's on your team, so there will have to be a bit of a transition there for Bucks fans who have, you know, for as long as they can remember, been like, ah, that guy, he's a bleeper. Well, now he's your bleeper, so you got to wrap your arms around him and hope that he is the piece that was missing to get this team over the hump. Speaking of... What is going on with the team, Craig? Is it just still a team in transition, a team that just is still finding its way with a new coach and a new scheme and whatnot, or should we start to be worried about the Bucks' ability to get this thing done? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried. Obviously, you know, the games there have been games that have not been pretty, but between the injuries, the coaching change, I mean, yeah, I think you'd have the schedule getting tougher. I think a lot of this is, has to be what you'd expect, right? And so I think the interesting thing really is how will this impact seeding, right? I mean, could the Bucks be a five seed, right? We, we haven't seen that. We've seen them come from a three seed. But I, I don't think I have worries about the team. I do think my interest level is how much harder could this road end up being, right? We, I think we always think about, oh, we could Celtics in the conference championship – I mean, the way I look at the schedule and the way I look at things, I would not be surprised if the Bucks end up as a four or five seed and, you know, Boston would be a potential second-round matchup. But, and you know, we learned last year, you know, 
nothing is given. So there's no guarantee of a second round. Do you think there was any concern on the Bucks management side that this could blow up? And, and, and let me, I go back to Andre Risen, right? We all knew Andre in Atlanta was kind of a loose cannon. Then he goes to Cleveland and they let go of him in the middle of the season. And then we decide to bring him in. And I remember the locker room going, is this going to work? And Andre can't hit nah, I mean, I mean, Greatest guy in the world, Andre Risen, was, was not a problem. But you think there was any concern that what if Dame and him can't work it out? No, nah, I mean, I think when you have your best player as your hardest working player and he's as coachable as Giannis and he's as egoless when it comes to so many of the things that matter, I think they don't worry about that stuff. I, I think there's they know that if Giannis is cool with it, and that the person's there to win, that that's what everyone's there for, and everyone will align around that. So I don't think there's a, I don't think there is a concern at all, and I think there's a huge mutual respect that exists between Pat Bev and Giannis, and so with that as a starting point, you always know it's a good uh, basis for a relationship. All right, Craig, you're out in Vegas. You're having a good time, presumably. What's your favorite part about going to Vegas? Do you have like a restaurant you like to go to? What's what's the one thing you got to do every time you go to Vegas? So it's so interesting because the sports book and all that used to be like the thing because it was so different and all that. And now that you can bet legally in fun sports at Potawatomi and like you know so many places, it, it I mean that has changed it so much. So in terms of Vegas go to, I mean I that. You know, I don't have it anymore. There's no, there's no have to for me in Vegas. You know, it's not like I can't, you can't play a blackjack somewhere else. I mean, there's so many great restaurants. There's so many, you know, things to do. But I, I don't, I don't have it anymore. Got to be honest. There's what about no, the shows? Like have to on my trip to Vegas. Like, like everybody is talking about the Sphere. A lot of people have been taking the opportunity to go catch you two at the Sphere. Uh, that seems like something you can't get in Milwaukee. I know the domes are amazing, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. YouTube's fine. I, I actually am more into seeing the sphere when it's not YouTube and like when it's like the full like everything the sphere could be. But uh, it was not to be on this trip. All yeah, right. we're we're um, Angie and the family are going. <laughs> They're all going to YouTube, and I'm not invited. Well, because Wait, so you're you'd going leave, to you'd Vegas, leave midway through. Not... Yes, everyone's going but me. I got to imagine you're happy yeah, about that. Pardon? Are you happy about that? Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it feels yeah. like you're almost complaining, but I know this is the choice that you'd rather be at. Well, it feels kind of wrong, doesn't it? Wait a minute. Are you the you should invite me guy even though I'll say yes. no guy? Yes. Yes. Mm, not no? a fan. Did you know not that about? Fan. Did you know that about Chewy Craig? I always thought that he was yeah. fine not getting invited. No, Chewy like Chewy likes the invite. He's he likes yes. the invite. You know where it's like the invite, but you know, like he's going to say no. Yeah, the invite is always a good move with Chewy because he's almost always going to say no to everything. Yeah, it hurts my feelings. Well, so did you when you were having your Super Bowl <laughs> parties, Craig? Did you invite Chewy to the Super Bowl party every year, knowing he was going to say no, yes. and then you were shocked the year he showed up? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Angie's going to, like, want to say yes to certain things. So if you really want to get a yes, it's about inviting Angie. 
if you write Chewy, it's a no, and he doesn't even like either remember or tell anyone. So if you're going to expect a yes, you can't invite Chewy. You got to invite Angie. When are you having your next Super Bowl party? Next year, right. I hope. I mean, da- yeah, dance, put it on the calendar. Uh, you know, dance competitions. Depending on dance competitions, uh, the hope would be next year. Are you down in Chicago and this even week for a dance not- competition, like so many of my girlfriends are? I am. Yep. We will be in uh, Chicago. We'll uh, all that's be why there. I'm leaving. Uh, that is why I'm leaving uh, today. We're, we're living in very similar circles. <laughs> we're, we have very uh, a lot of Venn diagram crossover for the Craig Carmazin group and the uh, Jen Latta group now since we live on the North Shore. All right, Craig, have a great one. We'll talk to you again soon. Go Bellavia. <laughs> yeah, that's our dance place. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Anyway, Gabe. It doesn't matter what age you are. Low testosterone can be an issue with any guy. Look, it was a deal. It was an issue for me. Didn't quite realize it was an issue, but I worked with Mentality, local healthcare facility specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform at their very best. You could be dealing with low testosterone like I was, not even realize it. Because feeling tired, groggy, just not feeling like yourself, that doesn't have to be a part of the aging process. That could be a sign of low testosterone, and Mentality is here to help. You book an appointment, you go through everything they go through, you get a blood panel done, within a week your results are back to you, and if your testosterone levels are low, they can put together a customized testosterone treatment plan just for you, just like they have for me. Now I've got the energy to get through my day, to attack the day the way I want to be able to. So go to Mentality's website, LowTUSA.com. Mentality allows treatment to fit into every guy's lifestyle. Learn more about their low testosterone treatment at LowTUSA.com. This is your cue to call. Time to play Superb Owl Squares. The second to last chance for you to be added to our big board for the big game this Sunday. 800-990-3776. 800-990-3776. Line them up. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. His eyeball. Wait, wait. Where do I get him? I just assumed when I said wait, did you just think it was just a suggestion? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Typically. On 94.5 ESPN. I tell you guys all the time about Celsius Energy Drink and how it is the one thing that gets me through my day. 18 different flavors to choose from. Arctic Vibe, Fuji Apple Pear. I love the peach vibe. You guys know it's my go-to. But that sparkling grapefruit, it's giving the old peach vibe a run for its money, guys. It is so good. And you can find Celsius at your local pick-and-save stores or online at Amazon. And that's what I do. I order it from Amazon. It gets dropped at my door. I leave it in the garage when it's not too cold, of course. Just grab one on my way out the door for work. Stay active and energized all day long with Celsius Essential Energy Drinks. 800-990-3776. Ready to play Superb Owl Squares here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. The first caller on the line is Dumpy in West Bend. Good morning, Dumpy. Well, Dumpy, I know it's not your first time, but maybe it's somebody else's first time behind you, just in case you get it wrong. But I've got a list of questions in front of me. You get the question right, you get entered into our Superb Owl Squares board. Whoever ends up winning the board wins the grand prize of the Mark Chimura framed signed jersey. Again, ESPNWisconsinContests.com for all the official contest rules. Uh, we ran out of questions yesterday, Jen. So yeah. I came up with some Green Bay big game trivia questions. So I, all these are going to be Green Bay themed. I do want to say uh, I appreciate Dumpy because I asked him, are you going to finally do it this time? And he just said, man, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that awareness. <laughs> all right, Dumpy, here we go. Who has the Green Bay single-game receiving record in the Super Bowl? 
Most yards in a Super Bowl game receiving. Most receiving yards for a Packers receiver in a Super Bowl, in a single Super Bowl game. Uh, Andre Rising. Uh, the answer is Jordy Nelson. Jordy had 140 yards receiving in Super Bowl 45. So Dumpy was right. I mean, he was wrong about the answer. He was right about his. He was not going to get it correct. His Let's assessment. Go Chad in Muskego. Chad is up next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Are you ready to play Superb Owl Squares? Let's do it. Love right. that attitude. All right, Chad. Mm-hmm. Two Packers players have had pick sixes in the Super in the Super Bowl. Name either player. Come on. Nick Collins and, yeah, Nick Collins, I think he had one, and was it Raji had the other one? Well, no, you, you only needed to name one. I didn't need you to name one. Oh, yeah. Nick Collins yeah. works. Nick Collins. So Nick Collins had a pick six. Herb Adderley. Herb Adderley, yeah. Herb Adderley had the other pick six in BJ's Super Bowl was two. on that run that Nick Collins yes. had it in the Super Bowl. Yes. Same run. BJ had it in the NFC Championship game. That was impressive. Although yeah. our local and loyal listeners are going to know Packers trivia yes. more than they're going to know the average big game trivia. Chad, you're our big winner this morning. Don't forget we will play one more time in the second hour of the show, and that will be our final contestant to win the big board for the big game on Sunday. Everybody understands how superb owl squares works, right? Why we call it superb owl squares? Well, why do we call it superb nope. owl, Jen? Nope. Not going to get me. <laughs> Not going to get me. I thought I'd just asked the question. Yep. But if you move one of the letters in superb owl, you get another very famous phrase, and since we can't say that very famous phrase in conjunction with any giveaways or contests here on ESPN Milwaukee, we've switched it to Superb Owl. I kind of love it. Why like do they it. do that? Well, because Restrict the saying. That's so dumb, isn't it? Yeah, but it's their copyright. They make money off of it. Yeah, but why wouldn't you want it said it. over and over and over oh, and over? Oh, does the big over. game need more? Uh... <laughs> it needs more publicity. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're saying? I don't know. Not like, enough people know about it. Like this one doesn't make like this one I can make make sense in my brain, but when we hit tournament time, the NCAA has a, a list of words you can't say chew that yeah. includes dribble. You cannot use the word dribble in any sort of like contesting giveaway stuff when it comes to the tournament because the NCAA has somehow trademarked dribble around the tournament. But you can say them any other time, right? It's just surrounding Yes, correct. Like, uh, which is contests. why when I asked, yeah, which is why you, you asked, you know, we're talking about the Super Bowl and the two teams playing in it. You can say Super Bowl then. It's fair use. Yeah. But then you can't, like, we can't be profiting off of Joshy, it. Joshy, if we say it, do you bleep it? Uh, there's really, it's only the Michael Buffer thing that I would bleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> if it was and someone messed up, I, it's in my best interest to, if we did contesting and someone accidentally said yeah. Super Bowl... Then you, I would. I've done it before. Okay. That guy is quite a is a pit bull, isn't he? The Michael, Michael Buffer is that ba, is it Baffer? Buffer. 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 Yeah, he's a pit bull, right? With regards to his phrase and his saying, like That's, anytime someone says it, it's like they have the bat signal go up in the sky, <laughs> and then he sends a cease. I, I think and he pays somebody else to be a pit bull. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's got enough money. So what you're saying is he's a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that it's a, a song? Yeah, it's a pit bull reference. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that a pit bull? 
didn't. It didn't click. I'm sorry. I was hoping it would Chewy click got faster. It. it didn't click. Yeah. I got Chewy to chuckle. That's good enough for me. The fact that it clicked faster for Chewy than it did for me, well, I got to wear that for the rest of the day. <laughs> More Jen Game of Chewy after this. Stick around.